Guys, the NBA is back, and if you want to get the most in-depth coverage from across the league, from across the NBA, from across the MLB, from across the NHL, and you want access to the incredible in-depth coverage that The Athletic provides, you can sign up now at theathletic.com slash anything is potable, and you can receive 40% off an annual subscription. Sports are back, and you're not going to want to miss any of the breaking stories from your favorite teams, so go to theathletic.com slash anything is potable for 40% off. You can read Jay King for 40% off. That's a steal in itself. So go to theathletic.com slash anything is potable. Sports are back, folks. Time to get excited. Welcome to Anything is Potable, the Boston Celtics podcast here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I am your host, Sam Jam Packard, and I'm joined. Oh, I forgot to mention I'm a professional sports fan. I'm still shook by this intro, Jay. We're live, but I'm joined as always by Jay King, beat reporter for The Athletic. You may know him as the kid or the god, but he just watched the Boston Celtics beat the Phoenix Suns. I don't even remember the score. I don't know where my box score is, but they beat the Phoenix Suns uh, in their second scrimmage game. My biggest takeaway from the game, Jay, was Jalen Brown is a goddamn superstar. Your thoughts? <laughs> Before we get to the Jalen Brown superstar talk, let's just point out that we're going to try to be doing these live post game shows as often as possible with me at home, not in the bubble, with Packard. Also not in the bubble. Also not in the bubble. We're going to try to be doing these shows. So come come chat with us. Come hang out with us after all the games. Um, we will overreact and discuss whether <laughs> Jalen Brown is now a superstar. Get back to talking about Jalen Brown. He was the, the mighty first, impressive in the first the half. The first post-game question for Brad Stevens was whether Jalen Brown has returned with a different purpose after the NBA <laughs> hiatus. It's like... Two, it's two scrimmages, guys. Jalen has looked great, though. He's been the Celtics' best player through two games. He is, he's been fantastic. He had 18 points in the first half. He got some stuff going to the hoop. He hit some threes. He had just really a, a good all-around game. And the Celtics, they're not crisp yet. They're definitely not functioning on all cylinders, but they had stretches where they looked a lot better, including, I thought, like right off the start of the game, they brought a lot of energy and Jalen was in the lead on that. Yeah, their offense just looked a lot more crisp or like they were at least more aggressive and able to do things. Jalen going to the basket, I thought was fantastic, especially his ability to finish in transition. And then the coolest play, which is what Mike Gorman described as uh, just making chicken salad out of. Um, and then we're going to get so many chicken shit talk for the, uh, for the rest of the bubble, I would hope. But Jalen was making it happen, but he's also um, three of six from deep. Downtown Jalen Brown, back at it again. He just looks very much in rhythm, and um, I don't know if he's in better shape or just like more comfortable than other guys, but he looks like there's not been any – there is no rust. With Jason or Tatum, it could we'll just be to. a two-game sample size. And it could be, Jay, but believe with me, man. I'm just, I'm just saying. These are scrimmages. They're not 100%. All, all I'm saying is that he didn't look rusty. Jalen has looked good. He has been definitely the Celtics' best player. I think 
the Celtics, including Tatum, have forced some things. They've they haven't like Tatum before the hiatus seemed in a place where he knew where he was going to get his shots. He knew where he would get good shots. He was forcing some shots in the during like when he was in raising to superstardom. He was just making forty five percent from three, so it like didn't stick out as much. But he was definitely yeah. going a little more one on one. That's fair. Um, but yeah, I I felt like once he saw a few go in, his game changed. He's been pretty good defensively, I think, which is good for the Celtics to see. Obviously, he's one of their most important defenders. Has been close to an all an all defensive team level this season for them. Um, and then, but the most importantly, Kemba looked like he was moving fine. That Kemba is looked- that, that's the big storyline that like should have come out before the game but he he came back he played he was it was a game time decision I mean he only played nine minutes I didn't think he looked spectacular but he didn't look bad and he had one of those like come around the screen pull up from three knock down one of those looks I thought he was good but it wasn't amazing but I thought his return had like a much you can just see how much his like him being in the lineup impacts the rotation and then so you have Marcus Smart coming in the off the like uh, from the bench rather than Shemi Ojale. Celtics went How back are we to... on the bench already? How are we on the bench already? I'm talking Kemba about the, Walker, the, the impact Celtics of Kemba. second most important player played today. And it was it was his first game since March. And he's been hurt. And, and he was we moving. said he played well. We but he was he moving. I thought the, the, the play that was most promising was when he caught the ball in the corner. DeAndre Ayton was defending him. He had space to shoot a three. He could have just launched it. And instead, he decided, you know what? This is DeAndre freaking Ayton. I'm Kemba Walker. I'm going to drive right by this slow asshole. And that's what he did. <laughs> and he went and finished an and one. And it, he had that Kemba burst. I, I thought there was another layup he missed, but he drove by Ayton again, got enough separation to make the layup, even though he didn't make it. I, I think from a standpoint of how he looked physically, it was promising. He took a, tried to take a charge. He was pressuring the ball. He was moving. Kemba was moving. And that, that's really, really important for the Celtics. Obviously, he needs to hold up physically for them during this playoff run. Okay, that's fair. I, I did not give proper evaluation to Kemba's physical game. And you're right. Thank you for being a professional journalist. What I was trying to talk about was then his impact on the rotation and about how that makes it so then uh, Jalen Brown and Gordon Hayward are kind of the two guys who stay in. And then you have Smart, Cantor, and Wanamaker who got – Wanmaker got a lot of minutes in this game because Kemba didn't play many. But I just thought it was an, like that makes the team so much better when you have just one of their top six guys on the court. I thought that's why their offense just like looked like it clicked better because they, you know, you just didn't have as many moments with. Um, although Shemi Ojale knocked down some shots today, like the less Shemi, the better, uh, especially in like the first three quarters when they were actually playing their guys. I think that's like one of the reasons why we saw kind of guys get better looks is just you had much more talent on the court at all times. Yeah, Brad has said earlier this season he wants to have three of his main guys, three of the top five perimeter guys on the court at all times. Obviously, because of injuries, they haven't really been able to do that much. Kemba will be on a minutes restriction for a while, so that will mess up the rotation. But when you can have three of those guys at least on the court at all time, the playmaking difference is just so obvious. And, you know, Marcus Smart and Ennis Cantor. I, I like watching them play together. Marcus Smart just finds Ennis with 
some very entertaining passes. He had a crazy pass today. And then it was just like, one, I don't know how Marcus threw that pass. But two, I don't know how Cantor caught it. They're always talking about soft hands. But this was like very much evidence of, whoa, where'd that going come from? Yeah, Marcus just kind of like dribbles around sometimes and in circles, kind of like Steve Nashes it and waits for an avenue to to open up for Cantor. I'm I'm a big fan of that. Not as good a pass was Jason Tatum's lob to Gordon <laughs> Hayward. No matter what has happened in the world, the global pandemic has shut down the NBA. It came back in a bubble, no fans. They still are awful, awful at alley oops. The curse of Terry Rozier has, <laughs> has continued. I don't think we have to blame it all on Tito, but yeah, it, it like it was like, oh my god, he's going to get Jason or Gordon Hayward hurt. It was a terrible pass. Um, but you know, Marcus Smart getting back to him, he has some great, like he's playing with a lot of like good pace and, uh, his vision is great. And I think he's like the better, probably the best Paul pick and roll ball handler on the team. Um, I thought he had some good moments. He was actually five of five perfect from the field today. Just another solid performance from him. Um, the one kind of glaring takeaway on the negative side was the team's transition defense, uh, after the game, um, John Corrales asked uh, Brad about it and said it was bad. And Brad asked if he had another adjective to describe it. And uh, John basically said it was chicken shit. And Brad agreed. Um, but it was not good. Uh, I think the exact quote was, it's not a lack of effort, but people were just spent too much time walking or watching instead of running. Yeah, I don't think that's a big issue. The Celtics lead the league in transition defense this year. That's not something that's popped up before. I think some of this is just getting back into the habits of things and getting back into playing actual basketball. Um, so I don't think that's a big concern, at least not yet. The Celtics, Stephen is a transition defense guru. They have led the league in transition defense three of the last six years, according to cleaning the glass. So that probably won't pop up too big of an issue. One of the things that I think is interesting is Robert Williams for the second straight game not getting minutes when the regulars are playing. So it looks for now like he is last in the center rotation behind Tice, Cantor, and even Grant Williams. Grant Williams, I thought, I still think Grant at center is going to be something the Celtics go to semi-regularly during the playoffs. Obviously, you give up having a, a lob threat when he's in there. Obviously, he's not a stretch five either. But I just think defensively, with the way he rotates, with the way he can switch, they just take on a, a sharper edge when he's on the court versus when Cantor's out there. And if, if you're not going to trust Robert Williams, then I think Grant Williams at center is going to be something that matters for the Celtics in the playoffs. Yeah, at the end of the first half, we got to see some of that Grant at the five lineup, and I thought it did pretty well. Um, and I don't think I thought Aiton would be a, a kind of a bigger guy that you don't normally like might punish Grant on that, but I thought he held up pretty well. They ran a lot of five out with Grant at the five, and that kind of pulls Aiton out. I thought it allowed Jalen and uh, Tatum to get more space on the drives. I don't know who the matchup is that is going to allow for Robert Williams. Like, who is he best suited to play against? Because I agree, I think the the Celtics play kind of this five out style of offense. As much as you're like love the uh, his ability to roll to the rim and play above, like be the alley oop guy, that just doesn't seem like like a lot of what the Celtics are trying to do, both on offense and defense. And so I would I wouldn't be surprised to see Grant at the five more regularly because that just Grant is more like Tice, and I think Tice is like when the Celtics are playing their best is the type of big 
someone who could hypothetically step out and is still athletic enough to switch. I don't know. Like it just, I don't know if Time Lord fits into what they're trying to do. It feels like if they're going to have some, I was going to say plotting center minutes, but Time Lord is not plotting at all. But if you're going to have some like traditional five minutes, not someone who can stretch the floor out, you can give 10 to 15 minutes to Cantor, but are you, you going to give it another 10 to 15 to Time Lord? It just doesn't make sense in terms of the matchups. Yeah. And we'll see. I mean, Robert Williams, he had a couple of very impressive plays. He, he blocked the jumper. He blocks more jumpers than almost anyone on the planet per minute. He can just really fly. And then he had the other play where he got a steal, dove after it. So he, he makes things happen when he's on the court. It's not always good. Sometimes it's bad. Sometimes it's very bad. He has an impact, though. But he, he does have an impact. Another guy who had an impact tonight, Romeo Langford. It was his his first action because he was sick during the opening scrimmage. I thought he did some promising things. Hit a three, missed a couple threes, but nice little pass to Carson Edwards. He did like some playmaking. Uh, I think that where he stuck out the most is defensively. He just seems like he's pretty like Brad always talks about getting into the ball, and I feel like Romeo Langford just plays pretty physically and is like athletic enough that he's very good at that. Yeah, and, and the one thing that Brad said after the game that I thought kind of opened my eyes a little was that he said Romeo will play right away in certain matchups. And so they're planning to use him in, in games that matter. Obviously, he played a little bit before the hiatus. He was kind of earning some minutes at that time. I'm not sure whether he'll have a chance to crack the playoff rotation. They're going to obviously load up the the starters and Marcus Smart with as many minutes as possible. Brad Wanamaker is another guy who could get perimeter minutes. I think if they want to go bigger, Shemi Ojale and, and Grant Williams on the wing could happen. I don't know where Romeo fits in there, but the fact that they're looking at him already as someone who they plan to give minutes to during the seeding games is is promising for not just now, but, but long-term. Because I think long-term, Romeo could really matter to the Celtics if if he evolves into a versatile wing who can make make some stuff happen on the offensive end and then guard a number of different positions, which which he has the potential to do if he pans out. If you were to guess, on average, how many days people in the United States have to wait to see a doctor, what would you say? A week, maybe? Actually, on average, people have to wait around 29 days to see a doctor in major U.S. cities. Some people would say that's a month. And if you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, you don't want to wait a month. You want treatment ASAP. That's why our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a doctor in your state from the comfort of your home. It make, Roman makes it convenient to get the treatment you need on your schedule. Just grab a phone, computer, and go for your own free online visit, and you'll hear back from a licensed physician Within 24 hours, the doctor decides treatment is right for you. Roman's Pharmacy can ship your medication to you for free within two days, and you'll get unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime if you have any questions or want to adjust the treatment plan. There's no commitments. You can cancel anytime. So if you don't want to wait a month and you're struggling with ED, go to GetRoman.com slash Celtics. That is GetRoman.com slash Celtics for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. Do you think he's the member of the bench who, like, made the best case for themselves today? Excluding Marcus Smart from that. Like, I thought Shemi played, like, knocked down some shots and was aggressive. Like, we saw Shemi step back three 
it was a broken possession, but like the willingness to shoot there, it was, was very wild. wild. But he knocked down a long two. He knocked down a three. Like, did he, like, he made a pretty good case for himself. He's clearly high enough in the rotation to be like one of the guys off the bench after Cantor and Wanamaker. Who do you think made the best case for like getting more minutes moving forward? Probably Romeo. You know what you're going to get from Shimmy. Shimmy has done very similar things for years. I think he's a little better shooter now, but like he's not going to give you anything that you don't realize. I he's the 2019 most improved player of the year, though. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. He never played, but he was the most improved. I mean, my, what if he year. what if he developed a three point shot? He's like I feel like there's moments in the past where he would step in and play the small ball five, but I think Grant is just a little bit bigger and probably has the same three point capability that is just not as like normal to see Shemi. I thought Romeo looked impressive. I think, but Brad. When it comes to playoff time, all of these are going to shrink, and you're just going to see a lot of Brad Wanamaker just because old reliable, old, like North Philly's finest, um, just like he's a rock and he's just going to be make the right decision. No egregious, horrible pass or non-passes from Wanamaker today. Um, before Un- we get, unfortunately, that was fun. I do want to mention unsung hero of the team, um, guy who is good at basketball. People forget that uh, Gordon Hayward. Nah, yep. look, look solid. Just a classic Gordon Hayward performance. Uh, Double-digit points. Had a, like six boards, three assists. Um, he got some of that two-point daddy magic going in the second half. It's just better to see him like look uh, more comfortable out there. I think there was some rust in the first game, but he knocked down a three. Uh, he wasn't spectacular, but he's unless he's playing the Timberwolves, that's not going to happen against this team. Um, but he was he, solid. he crushes the Cavs too. Don't. Don't, oh, don't, sorry. <laughs> don't forget how he crushes the Cavs. Well, neither team is in the bubble, so I don't know if we're going to be seeing like 30-point games from Hayward, but the solid like 15-5-5 five and five from him is really all the team I think needs at this point, which is like – and that's what I think you're going to get. He just like looked like solid Gordon Hayward uh, tonight. That's kind of what he is. Two-point daddy, as you call him. <laughs> which Thank is, you for making it clear that I'm the only one who calls him that, not you. Such an absurd, absurd nickname. Uh, one thing that it's I noticed because he's a father. One thing that kind of popped out. Sweet. Um, <laughs> one thing that kind of popped out. The Celtics they threw out a press a few times, like just a kind of college style press. Seems like Brad is just tinkering with shit a little bit. I he, don't know. He's if just throwing stuff that. against the wall to see if that works. But that was a weird. Like there was some. I feel like one time it was a full court press and the other time it was like kind of a three quarter court, half court trap. One time the Suns just beat it with ease. I don't know what's going on, but why not try some things in, uh, especially in some games that don't matter just to see if it's like something that he can turn to in the playoffs. But it didn't really seem to work that well. But I don't know. It was it was interesting. What did you think of just the team defense in the half court uh, before they were getting blown by against the Thunder? I think the, like the Thunder obviously have a much more talented roster in terms of guards, but I thought the Celtics did a pretty good job of containing Devin Booker, and there's not really that many other threats from on the Suns from the perimeter. Yeah, the, the Suns, they're not very good. Outside of Booker, they don't have a ton of scoring talent. So they're a lot easier to guard, like you said, than the Thunder, who have so many dynamic options with Shea Gilgis and Chris Paul and Dennis Schroeder, who are just tough to keep in front of you. So it, it wasn't as, as tough uh, an assignment for them. Um, I thought I thought their defense was sharp at times. I enjoyed Mad Brad popping out for the first time. In the Ooh, moment. yeah, coming with that timeout two minutes into the third quarter. That was electric. I forgot how but, much I missed Mad Brad timeouts. 
it worked though. Like they pretty much shut the Suns down uh, in the, like the next six minutes after that. They went on something like twenty to five run. Like they they did were able to lock in. We hear all this like the the need to be louder. They're much louder today. They were so uh, loud. It was obnoxious how loud they were. You, <laughs> you could just hear people screaming from the bench the entire time. Brad obviously made a point after playing Chris Paul in the Thunder to stress being vocal communicating in the bubble when there are no fans and it's so quiet in there and the Celtics heard him Grant Williams was just losing his shit on the front row he moved up to the front row and he was yelling um it was fantastic it's like it was fun to see they were much more enthusiastic and with the environment the way it is with the kind of sound which was for some reason a huge topic today in the post-game press conference uh it's interesting to see those players what was your big reaction to sound I it Initially, I was distracted by like the clapping and the defense stuff, but then it really didn't. Uh, I don't know. Feel like it made an impact afterwards. Then people were talking about like floors or uh, microphones in the floor and having like the it sound like a stampede. I missed that part. Just saw it on Twitter. Uh, but there was fun. Brad was asked about it after the game. He's just like, I'm too in the fucking zone right now to notice any audio. I have no idea what they were uh, playing over the PA. I'm not sure that was a direct quote from Brad. Oh, yeah. Sorry. That that was paraphrasing. That was his subtext. He was like, I'm so fucking locked in that I can't hear anything. Essentially. Uh, Another guy who you kind of pooed on after game one, Carson Edwards. Carson Edwards, you you pooed on him a little bit. He he was better. He was better. He He, He hit a three. He had a nice pass to Romeo. It was a better performance from Carson Edwards. And most of the bench, really, I thought. Okay, well, here's the newest fun segment. Uh, it's called Let's Gas Up Baby Genius Tremont Waters for his amazing court vision. I mean, it's the newest thing on Celtics Twitter. He just continues to have g- tremendous vision and tremendous playmaking. I don't know if he's going to play on this team because he's a small guard, but he's uh, he's an NBA point guard. He Baby genius. He's, he's very good and is consistently good. Baby genius is just such a... Such a great, great nickname for him. I am. Um, I'm so glad that was coined on our <laughs> or brought to the public on our podcast because that that really I, I think that's that's one of our top moments as a podcast. Um, Do you think he's going to play at all though, or are you just going to continue to be no, amazing and just not no, get recognition? I, I, I don't think he's he's going to play much. He's not a great scoring threat he turns the ball over a little too much he's small but man he throws some great <laughs> man he's a he's a throwing dimes left and right and the problem for him especially you know when when the playoff rotation hits the celtics will really tighten up that that guard rotation i i think it'll be mostly just kemba marcus smart and jalen brown or tatum or hayward or whoever in the backcourt I don't think they'll they'll go into the bench too much. Maybe a little Brad Wanamaker. By the way, Brad Wanamaker, one of my favorite plays from the game was when he was guarding Frank Kaminsky in the post. And just, like, that should have been a mismatch for the Suns. It was not. Wanamaker didn't even let him touch the ball. That was a great, great defensive play by him. Frank Kaminsky, known for his uh, brute strength and his uh, ability to bash people in the post. He's a he's a seven-footer. He's a seven-footer. Yeah, he's a, he's a stop seven-footer who's known for stepping out. But... Y'all give give uh, Philly Bull his credit. Put some respect on Kaminsky's <laughs> name. He was a college. Is he, is, he, is he worth four first round draft picks? No, 
No, he's not. Uh, one other moment I had it when Tatum got out in the pass lane, stole it, went in and dunked it, and then the Celtics somehow were not set up to stop Devin Booker in transition, and he just kind of drove into the middle of the lane and got fouled. That was just bad moment for the Celtics defense. They had a few of those. Um, Before you keep going, I want to. Uh, uh, we'll get to all of our random useless observations uh, to end the end the pod, but. That's normally what we call the junk drawer. If you want to sponsor that segment or if you're a small business owner and want to advertise with The Athletic, it's pretty easy. I will shill for your product. I uh, absolutely will love to do that. I can announce it. I will be talk very enthusiastically about it. We have very loyal listeners. Most of them are in the kind of the Boston, New England area, but we have international reach. You should see our numbers. They're amazing. Um, if you want to so advertise here on the show, just go to theathletic.com slash podcast ads. Um, it's very simple form. We'll get right back to you. So you can go to theathletic.com slash podcast ads. Now, useless observation. Oh, I don't know if they're useless observations, but Jay, clear out your junk drawer, clear out your notes. What are the things you noticed from today's game? I just realized this as you were speaking. Marcus Smart, number one, did not miss a shot. Number two, did not attempt a three-pointer. That is... That's never happened before. I don't know. I'm not going to say that it's like guaranteed, but I can't imagine he's never attempted a three, especially after the first game where he was chucking and felt like he had 10 threes. Yeah, uh, five for five from the field, but no three. Like, rare day. I don't know. uh, Maybe he's coming off the bench to change things. He's more of a ball handler, but uh, not chucking whatsoever. I have to be an old man right now. There was one play where Smart did like a little spin move in the paint, finished with an off-foot layup. And, you get a little mixy? And Brian Scalabrini said that it was a like a YMCA type move, and it was. It was it was an old man crafty type of move. ESPN, I, I hate, I hate social media managers at big companies. The language that they use is like like they're an eight-year-old trying to be cool. And so they they tweeted that highlight with the caption that Marcus Smart got a lil lil l i l apostrophe mixy a lil mixy. What the hell does that mean? First of all, and why are you trying to sound like an eight year old who's trying to sound cool? I cannot stand social media accounts at times. I have. And no I know way. that I know that makes me awful. I know that makes me old as hell. I know I'm washed up, but just fucking tone it down. I love it, and I just want to show it here because if this this is your tweet, boom. Okay, boomer. I love that you're getting called old in the comments. I saw a number of people do it. I have no idea what Lil Mixie means. I agree. I think it's some nonsense, but I just like you getting clowned on the internet. I, it was a fantastic move by uh, Marcus Smart, but you getting called a boomer makes me feel young um, because you're you know little, so much older than I am. Little Mixie. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> um, other other observations from the game. I, the the coaches were wearing some very loud green polos. Uh, they were a sight for sore eyes. I did not like that whatsoever. That was kind of gross. I'm a big fan um, of the polo. The polo on the side of the sideline, not necessarily the the loud green ones, but coaches should always be allowed casual attire. There is no need to make coaches dress up on the sideline. Let them be comfortable. Let them breathe. Let them wear. They should be wearing polo. jumpsuits. They should be wearing jumpsuits. I want to see Brad in a full cell, like team gear jumpsuit. Like it's it's a better look. Um, but I, I want to know how how that happened in basketball that coaches 
just wear suits and stuff. Like baseball, they wear fucking jerseys. That that's even weirder. That's even weirder. Like, imagine seeing Brad in like imagine a, Brad in a, in a Celtics with a shirt. sleeve on, <laughs> leg sleeve too, just with like, like a headband. headband. I need it. I don't know how it works. Some NFL coaches like wear suits, but then you just have Belichick. Being, oh, I'm gonna, I'm playing a sweatshirt. Um, so I don't know. Brad should have more uh, control over it, but um, thought the, the the polos popped again. I'm gonna keep harping on this. Every time the camera pans down from behind the players and looks up at like them in the foreground and the giant screen in the background. It looks like a dystopian nightmare and it's creepy and I don't like it and it makes me uncomfortable. I want to give a shout out to Javon Carter because I like watching Javon Carter play basketball. Doesn't have much skill, but he is a grimy, <laughs> grimy dude. And he uh, he gave Marcus Smart fits. Marcus Smart's normally the one causing people headaches. Marcus Smart got picked twice in a row by Javon Carter. I am a Javon Carter guy. And that's all there is to it. Empty now. My junk drawer, the war on Tice continues. I don't really think it uh, was that bad, but the fact that the uh, NBC Sports Boston is talking about the war on Tice means just, you know, more of my cultural impact, just like going out to the masses. More and, of uh, my cultural impact. Jesus. <laughs> I was going to see if I could slide that one past you. Um, nope. Anything else from you, Jay, before we wrap up with what I think I'm going to show is the meme of the night. Oh, you're going to get a little mixy? Ooh, I'm getting a little mixy here. This one's from Man Bear Pig when talking about downtown Jalen Brown. Uh, this is his album, Blue Note 95326, so deep in his bag. So shout out to Man Bear, at Man Bear Pig, for the official uh, meme of the night. Downtown Jalen Brown is a bad man looking cool. We've got official memes of the night now? I, I didn't. We didn't until I just thought of maybe making something official about 30 seconds ago. But I think it's a uh, – why not? This is a social media era. Little mixy, we we we're getting a little mixy here on the show, you know. We're going to continue to get a little mixy because we'll be joining you guys after the last scrimmage on Tuesday night uh, against the Houston Rockets. So thank you for listening to this show. Thank you for all the list, uh, fans out there watching live right now. Uh, if you like like the show, subscribe. Uh, anything is potable. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts. And in, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Anything Is Potable.